everyone. Um, my name is Vicky. If you don't know me, I'm going to have a very short introduction to myself. Um, I've been going to Philly for uh, this church just, just over a year now. And, um, and it's been a great year. And I feel like at the end of every year, I tend to get a bit reflective. I like to think back to what's happened. And I think one of the biggest events that we can all think back to in 2018 is the Royal Wedding. So, you might be thinking, why is she bringing this up at a carol service? But bear with me. So, back in May, many of us watched Prince Harry and Meghan Markle get married. Now, I'd imagine that most of us probably watched from a TV screen at home. Some of you guys might have even hosted Christmas, oh, not Christmas parties, I'm the Christmas mood, um, like celebrations at home, street parties. And to be honest, a lot of you might have boycotted the whole thing together. And that's sure, that's fine. But for 2,640 people, they were invited to watch the royal wedding outside Windsor, Windsor Castle, outside St. George's Abbey. Now, granted, they weren't invited to be part of the ceremony or the reception, but they were invited to be in close proximity to royalty on their special day. If you just imagine for a second what that must be like, to be on the sidelines and see the cars come past, get the first glance at Megan's dress and see that kiss on the steps. Imagine one step further that you'd been invited to the reception. I don't know what you would say to the royals. I imagine I would probably try to shake their hand, curtsy, bow, say best wishes all at the same time and end up being really awkward, saying something stupid and falling short to be in the presence of royalty. The royal family, however, don't appear to succumb to such pressure. Around each other, they are relaxed, comfortable. Why? Because they're not just in the presence of royalty, they're in the presence of family. In fact, just before Meghan walked down the aisle, we see Prince William turn to Prince Harry, give him a little pat on the back, spur him up, encourage him. I don't see them giggling and being awkward or bowing to each other. And I think if you didn't know that they were royalty, just looking at those clips, they almost seem normal. Other than the fact they're in a massive church, they look like just a normal groom and his best man. Now, I'm sure every husband knows what it's like to be in that position awaiting his bride's entry. And I'm sure every best man knows what it's like to want to comfort the groom. And I'm sure every wife knows what it's like to stand at those doors waiting for them to open and to see your groom. In those moments, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle and Prince William and all the rest of the royal family, they seem almost relatable. They were both royal and relatable. When you think about God, I wonder if you think the same thing. God is a lot of things to a lot of people. But when describing God, would you describe him as royal and relatable? I know for me, four years ago, I definitely wouldn't have had. For most of my life, God was merely an idea, a belief that some people held, good for you, not for me. After that, God became an interest, something I was slightly interested in, but no way would call myself a Christian. After that, God became a deity, all-powerful, all-knowing, but honestly, sometimes a dictator. 
If there was one thing that God was not, it was relatable. A friend and I have been meeting up recently to talk about Jesus. Um, She's not a Christian, but she has so many questions, so we like hanging out and reading the Bible together. It's great. And she turned to me one day and she said, Vicky, I find it really easy to relate to Jesus. He's a normal guy, had normal problems just like me, but I don't understand God. A big man in the sky, how can I relate to that? And I said, well, you've just understood the point of Jesus. Now I know Jesus, and Jesus is who I know to be God. Jesus is both the prince and the pauper, royal and relatable, born with such authority but slept in a stable. Jesus is God embodied so that he can be relatable. And a relatable God knows what it's like to be in our shoes. He's a God who probably got blisters from walking for miles, probably got hair in his eyes or food in his teeth. He's a God with real human skills and made things with his hands, even though he could probably miraculously make them up if he wanted to. He's a God who got dirt under his fingernails and spots on his face and went to parties and probably asked how his friends were getting home at the end of the night, even though he already knew. He's a God who woke up with sleep in his eyes and honestly probably wanted five more minutes in bed. He sweated when it was hot. He shivered when it got cold. He was a God who invited his friends over for dinner and cracked jokes with them. His friends probably got so used to Jesus that they almost didn't expect him to perform miracles or raise people from the dead or turn water into wine because God, the actual God, had been living with them. When royalty becomes relationship, all barriers are crossed. Social norms are off the table. Curtsies become cuddles. Distance becomes intimacy. Even Mary being chosen to give birth to baby crosses social, ba- crosses social boundaries. For one, she wasn't married. Two, she wasn't a virgin. Three, she in no way felt ready. For relationship, all boundaries are crossed. A few weeks ago, a video went viral where a little boy in Australia um, crossed massive social boundaries when he met Prince Harry and Meghan Markle for the first time. Well, most of the children shook hands with the royals and curtsied and bowed and did what they were supposed to do. This little boy does quite the opposite. I wonder if we can just show the video now. So the boy was cute and endearing. But my favourite thing about this video is Harry's response. When the child throws himself at him, he doesn't stand away, push back, doesn't belittle him, he doesn't distance himself. Instead, he hugs right back. He's reachable, relatable, a lot like Jesus. But there's something that doesn't quite fit in my mind. So Meghan Markle recently announced that she's pregnant with her first child. Imagine if on the, on the morning that the, the child was born, newspaper headlines read... Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's baby, born in a stable. A stable is no place for royalty. Royalty accepts the best conditions. Royalty sets the highest bar, whether we like it or not. The idea of a prince or a princess being born in a stable just doesn't fit together in my head anyway. So if we believe that Jesus was both royal and relatable, why was he born in a stable? Why didn't he live in a palace and why did he have to carry his own cross 33 years later? 
The answer is simple, but it was one that will change your life if you let it. Royalty without relationship sets a high bar, one that we can't reach. Royalty alone says, do this, say this, present yourself like this, act this way, and then you will be one of us. But relationship says, you are accepted into our family. You are loved. It doesn't matter if you've been raised this way or not. We love you and we choose you. Relationship is the way into the royal family. If Jesus is royal, if he is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, then we get to be in his royal family. It's not just about doing the right thing or saying the right thing or being good enough. It's not about following rules or doing what we're told to do and not asking questions. It's about relationship, being so close to royalty that you actually become it. Meghan Markle always had a choice. If she hadn't chose Prince Harry, she wouldn't be royal. It wouldn't matter how many charities she supported, how many good deeds she did, how many random acts of kindness she completed. There are lots of people who have done similar things. I'm sure most people in this room would describe themselves as good people. But Meghan being good didn't make her royal. Relationship did. She had the choice to walk away from royalty, but she chose Prince Harry. She loved him, accepted him into her life, and he did the same. It is only through relationship that she gets to call herself royal. In an interview earlier this year, Prince Harry was asked, when did you know Meghan was the one? To which he responded, the very first moment I met her. From his first encounter, he knew that he loved her. But she always had a choice. She didn't have to accept his love. She could freely walk away, and that would be her decision. But she'd miss out on so much. She'd miss out on being that spotless bride walking into royalty. In the nativity story, as we've heard, we read about some kings presenting gifts to Jesus after he was born. Now, these kings were considered to have great authority, and they were trusted people. On the outside, they probably didn't look like they needed saving, or another king, especially one that was a baby. And yet, when they saw that star, they knew they had to find him and worship him. These are the guys with their lives together. These are the guys where, on the surface, they have everything that they could ever need, yet even the kings bowed down to worship. In order for the kings to worship, they had to lay down their crowns. They had to drop whatever plans they had when they saw that star signaling in Jesus' birth and start their journey towards him. I can imagine that they weren't all prepared. Contrary to common belief, there were many more than just three kings. And I imagine that some of them were not as up for beginning the journey as others. I bet they all had things to do, questions to ask, even doubts about Jesus. And yet, even the kings bowed down to worship. The reality is, God becoming human, relatable, Jesus, required the kings to take action. They had a choice to set off on their journey to meet the newborn king, or to stay where they were, comfortable, but far from Jesus. 
They didn't wait till they hit rock bottom and realized that they needed saving until they started their journey, although Jesus would have met them there. But instead, realized that even with all their, all their authority, they too needed a savior. Jesus exists for every person who feels that they have their life together, every person who's hit rock bottom, and everyone else in between. He's not a good for you, but not for me kind of God. He's not a religion isn't really my thing kind of God. He's not a I'm royal, but you're not kind of God. He's a I'll become weak, vulnerable, relatable, because I love you and I want to be close to you, kind of God. The question isn't whether or not this is true. The question is whether or not we believe it. And the reality is, there is always going to be something that gets in the way of really believing that when we're in relationship with Jesus, we too are royalty. Whether you've been in church in relationship with Jesus for 80 years, or this is your first time coming to church on a Sunday... We've all got baggage, doubts, questions, things we still need to work out. We're never going to reach the bar set for royalty because we're imperfect people who say and do stupid stuff. We may be good people, but to be that close to royalty, we need to be in relationship. So as someone imperfect... Someone who messes up, says the wrong thing, gets things wrong from time to time doesn't always think positively, and isn't always filled with happiness. I relate more to the God born in a stable. I relate more to Jesus who grew up on this earth and experienced the same things I did, but more. I relate to a person, not a deity, not a religion, not a belief system or an institution. I relate to Jesus. And if Jesus is God, which I believe he is, then through relationship, I can relate to royalty. The thing is, he never wanted us to meet the certain bar set for royalty. He just wanted us to choose him. Knowing that you're royalty, that you're loved, you're accepted, you're enough just the way you are, will change your life. Even if you're lying awake at night wondering where your family's next meal is going to come from, even if you're wondering how you're going to get through another day at work, even if you just need a friend or someone to talk to, it's knowing that in all circumstances, you are not alone. You are loved by a king, by a dad in heaven who chooses you daily, who gives you hope, future, and a life in fullness. Now, if this is new to you, or you've heard it a million times, but you're believing it this time, then please come and speak to me or Peter at the end. And also, grab one of these on the way out, because it's got the details about coming back to church. Relationship with Jesus is simple. He places a crown upon your head, saying, I love you for you instead. You're not banished out because you're not enough, far too weak or far too tough. We build walls to God and say God is a stranger, forgetting that Jesus was born in a manger. Instead of reigning from his throne in heaven watching us down below, he became the most vulnerable so that he could come close. 
Defying expectation, he became a baby in a shed, building the bridge between royalty and relationship instead. If this truth is what you believe to be true, trusting that he lived and died for you, that there surely must be something more than he invites you to come and adore. Don't let this Christmas be just another season, full of hope but nothing to believe in. Instead, know that royalty came off of his throne so that he could give you a place to call home. Merry Christmas.